All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves. Another episode. What's this, Tim? 482? Not quite, but it's up there. We're getting close to 500. Oh, man. I feel old. I feel just like an old hag in this business. Not as old as this guy we're going to talk to. This guy's been around the block. He's done everything. Almost the originator of YouTube reaction, YouTube recap videos. The guy was in it before it became a thing. And now he's the hit guy all over everywhere. Steve Glynn, also known as Stevie Dangle, is joining the podcast today. Thanks, Steve, for coming on, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me on, bud. It's great to talk to you. It is great to talk to you. So we were just talking before we came on, and Tim had a panic attack. You save it for the show. Save it for the show. It's gold. <laughs> You're taking your two and a half or two and a quarter. Excuse me. Yep. I don't want to shortchange him or give him too much age. You're yeah. taking him for his first skating lessons tomorrow? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. So I got I got my own hockey tonight, and then I'm back on the ice tomorrow morning. Wow. How many times are you on the ice a week? Uh, just two. Just two right now. But it's that's two more than it was before, like we so were you, talking about. Yeah, you're in Ajax. Yeah. You used to live in Scarborough, I want to say? Yeah. Where yeah, do you I, skate? Because there's a gazillion rinks there. Yeah, I grew up in in Wayne Simmons' neighborhood, so he played hockey, and we're the same age. So I, I, uh, I, uh, he grew up playing with a lot of people I know, and we have a lot of like mutual acquaintances and friends. Um, I, I play at Iroquois in in Whitby. It's this huge facility, and that's where we um, every year we've been doing the Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey Classic. This is the first year where it won't be there. Um, it's going to be at Scotiabank Pond in uh, Toronto this year. So is that your thing? You go around and tell people Wayne Simmons and I are from the same town and we're pretty close? I usually just say we're the same guy. That's, <laughs> that's usually all I do. No, like, like well, it's, it's it's funny because um, it's it's amazing the stories people want to tell when someone becomes famous or successful. 
Because, like, you know, he makes it to the league and a buddy of mine's like, he broke my collarbone in grade seven. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. And I go, what? How do you do that? Oh, we were playing tackle soccer. I'm like, why? What? (laughs) What kind of stupid ass? What what kind of? uh, Anyway, you told me no swearing and I right off the bat. Oh, you're good. You're good. That kind of stuff. Let's slide. Okay. All right. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. Tackle Do you soccer. get that a lot though? Because you're you're the Leafs guy. Everybody knows you. Who who is into hockey knows you. Do you know the Leafs now personally? Do you get time to be around them, or do you interview them in the locker room? What's your connection to any of those guys? Yeah, so like I've sort of flirted with that over the years. Like I, I tried to be like a Marley's Beat guy for a while, and and you know got to know the team, you know decently. Uh, I would say there, there's a few Leafs I'm like friendly with um, like Morgan Riley's been there for 10 years now and we've interviewed each other enough times that, you know, there's an acknowledgement, right? And uh, Matthews is getting into that territory too. But in terms of like being like actual uh, pals with these guys, I mean, I, I feel like it would cross a, a certain line you know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah. it, it would make it more difficult to to talk about the honesty. There, there's only one player I've ever like gone out with while they were actively in the NHL. He was your teammate for a little bit. It was uh, it was Ben Scrivens when he uh, when when he got traded to the Habs. Yeah, um, it was right before that outdoor game in Boston in in Foxborough, and I guess he just didn't really know anyone. And I get this text. On my phone, it's Ben Scrivens. He's like, "Want to go to dinner?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> so that that was that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I was just thinking that too because you're probably other than Morgan Riley, you're the longest tenured Leafs because you're young. Like you, you go around the locker room, you share the same interests as these guys. Like you, you you're starting a family. I'm sure some of them are maybe starting a family. They watch your stuff. They, they, they know how you're reacting. Is it tough? Because I'm kind of in the media side of it now, but not as intimate as you are with the Leafs. Like they, Everybody knows you. Is it hard to one night be like, gosh, they sucked, and then lock in, walk in the room or be around these guys, and they know they just watched you react to how bad they were? The, is there any, like, come on, Steve, what are you doing? You're killing me. Well, I, you know, I have, you know, every now and then gotten a glance. I had a... Mm. I did have a run in with someone that I'm like literally not allowed to talk about, but it, it wasn't with the player it, themselves. It was with their representation. But um, uh, I try not to cross a line, you know, and and that helps me sleep at night. You know what I mean? I don't worry about those encounters because I do my best to be fair, fair. If I carve a guy. And like I'm not, I'm not above doing that. Um, there needs to be a reason behind it, and it can't cross a certain line. It's got to be about their performance on the ice, and you know I I can't just say, you know this guy didn't back check on this play, so he's human garbage. You know that. So listen, you're gonna make players mad, and you're gonna make their families mad and their friends mad, and you just gotta wear it because uh, if you start worrying. About everyone's feelings, I, I think you're going to start making some bland stuff no one wants to watch or listen to. So you must not listen to my show because I, I, on a consistent basis, call people garbage. Um, <laughs> Stone, Stone from Vegas, 
I ran into him at a party when I was still playing in Ottawa. I think it was his first or second year, and I just didn't like him. He came in, his hair was all over the place. I'm like, you jerk. And I just, to this day, I call him garbage all the time. So <laughs> it's just personal vendetta. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I, he just rubbed me the wrong way. Like the way he plays. But I just, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, you're six eight, True. so like you don't have to worry about those encounters. I'm I'm like five ten, so I do. You are, yeah. You're, you're a skill guy, and I chirp. The Leafs. <laughs> I, will, I will say this: I, uh, I hated the Leafs growing up. I was a Bruins guy, and I okay. relentlessly chirped them every single year. Last year and this year, I have been more favorable to Toronto. I want them to succeed. I have been the biggest critic of Marner and Matthews and Nylander and even the defensemen. I feel mm. like I'm going soft on them just because I want them to succeed. I think it's good for hockey that they succeed, but they're just so incredibly bad that it's hard to wrap my head around how I can sell it that they're going to win because they're not. And I, and I know, we'll, we'll get to that in a little <laughs> it's bit. It's tough for me too, John. And I, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to touch on it a little later. Are you as diehard as you seem on on your shows? Because you're literally living and dying. Is it tough to get that jacked up for Game Five when you know you're going to have hopefully Round Two on on the brink in five or six months? Apparently not. Um, it's insane you know, how jacked up you get. Yeah, you know every every. Uh, I, I remember when we were first coming up with the idea for my podcast. I was like, okay. I have enough material for three episodes, I think. <laughs> and we're closing in on a thousand. I'm pretty sure, and we've been wow. at it since tw uh, May 2013. Um, Bruins Penguins were going at it in the East Final when Iginla chose the wrong team uh, oh. in 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 that little battle. Um, you know, like it, it context matters, and I love storytelling, um, and. This past week, there's been a, a huge story to tell. You know, uh, Arizona, you're supposed to beat them at home, man. You're supposed to beat them at home. And if you lose to them, because it's a good league, and even the worst team is is going to win like 20 games, um, you know, it, it, it should be tight. It should be competitive, for goodness sakes. And the Leafs didn't look like they tried. And all of a sudden, yesterday's game against Dallas, which was game five, uh, carries all this weight and you know sometimes the the bad accentuates the good because it's an overtime winner in game five against Dallas that's not an event that sticks out on the Leafs calendar but that that game and that win meant so much because of the way game four went so would it be better for my heart and mental health if I chilled yeah probably but we're all here for for a short time so go leaves go what's what's the temperature like in the city are people getting a little anxious about this team or is it a little reactive just because it's only about a week in or what's what's the vibe in toronto no they're not a little anxious they're they're all the way coming undone and vibrating it's it's like a it's a civil war uh uh between uh the fans right now and at the end of the day they all want the same thing they want them to win and you know, people have theories on the team and what it's going to take for them to win. And, you know, all they need is a guy like Marchand, for for example. You, you'll hear some guys say, like, Marchand grows on trees. You know what I mean? It's um, There's a pretty huge gap between having Marchand and not. 
Um, I there's you can't tell me what the Leafs have been through since the, you know the Matthews era began is normal. They're clearly a good regular season team every year. They've only been getting better in that regard year over year and every year ends the exact same way losing in the last possible game of the first round that's wild and you can't tell me like i don't i don't know what x's and o's fixes that i don't know if adding skill to the lineup fixes that adding another defenseman adding a little grit getting a better goalie i sometimes the world just hates you and (laughs) i think leaf fans are waiting for the magic to turn their way because man if if they ever did the thing got to be special yeah it's like kind of what we see we talked a lot of on this show you see it around the league there's two kind of two i'm oversimplifying but there's two main camps people that say like you can't keep bringing the same group back again and expecting different results they just don't have it and other people are saying well you know they, they're getting seasoning, they're getting more opportunity. They eventually, you know, the straw is going to break and they're going to break through and win a couple of playoff rounds. Which which direction do you do you kind of skew? Oh, man. it's With the Leafs, you have to ignore the evidence of your eyes and ears. And that, that makes it so much more difficult because there are some nights where they look... Listen, they hung with Tampa last year. They hung with the best team in the league... If you go over the last three years, obviously they lost to Colorado uh, in the cup final. But then, you know, game four against Arizona, you you lose some of that goodwill. Like, I, I think generally the fan base handled the loss to Tampa pretty well. And all of a sudden game four against Arizona, it's a it's a it's a catastrophe. Um, sometimes I think it's gotten a little stale. But you're not trading Matthews. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to give you anything for Tavares. And also, he's playing really well this season. You just locked up Morgan Riley to an extension. So it always, the conversation comes back to Marner or Willie. And I cannot fathom a situation where the Leafs trade either of those guys and win the deal. But can you lose a deal and become a better team? I mean, no. the Islanders lost Tavares. We're all talking about them, you know, being in the basement of the league, and then they they make it to the playoffs. They win around, and then they're arguably the second best team behind Tampa for for a couple years there. So, if I had the answers, the Leafs would have hired me a long time ago, and they haven't yet. So I, no, I'll this stick is to their, yelling this on This is AP. their crew, this, and it's yeah. a pretty good group. Uh, I don't think you're trading any of them. The issue is a the the playoff structuring really screwed them. Because mm-hmm. they get the, to either face Boston or Tampa every single year, and they just—they're not better than those teams. And I don't know when I look at it, it's like they're not—they're not as good as Boston or Tampa. The last five, six, seven years, and that's fine. Let's focus on this year. What's the issues this year, Steve? We're looking to the future. What? 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 Do you, are we planning the parade? Is there a possibility with this team right now? These twenty-three guys. I wouldn't. I wouldn't plan the parade. Listen, there. Even though the heat's been turned up, uh, there's a lot of reasons to feel good. Matthews always looks like the best player on the ice, and he's got one goal in five games. So even though he's not scoring, he still looks like the best player on the ice. So like he's, I can't believe how much of a superstar he's turned into. You, you know what I mean? He does the things that I watch 
you know, in other teams. And I just wish the Leafs had a guy like that. Like all the years I've spent watching Sidney Crosby, and I'm not, I'm not comparing the two, but every year he brought a new tool in his tool belt to the team. And Matthews uh, seems to do that. Ilya Samsonov was a total flyer uh, in net. He's playing well. Tavares seems to be good. Uh, Willie's playing well. TJ Brody, um, who took a bit of a dip last year, is a stud back there. And uh, stud? Well, okay, maybe not stud. Steve. He's very solid. He's very <laughs> solid. How about that? That's yeah. He's greater than adequate. Um, I would I would say. Um, and Nick Robertson, I think, is gonna. You know, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do because that second line left wing spot has been such a problem for the Leafs Mm -hmm. and if he clicks it adds versatility to that top six group because all of a sudden if it's not working on either of the top two lines you can swap Robertson and Bunting you could just swap Matthews and Tavares and have them change wingers essentially there's all sorts of things uh, you can do but you need six guys in your top six and for too long, they've only had five. Um, I, I wonder if Nick Robertson getting going is something that can help Mitch Marner get going because Matthews hasn't been scoring and he's still been effective. Uh, Marner, not so much. He he seems uh, rattled. He's not in his happy place right so now. So you're on record then today on dropping the gloves. October 21st, the reason Toronto hasn't won is because they haven't had that sixth forward. That's been the issue for the last five years. No, the issue for the last five years, I you know, I I don't think you can be a Leafs fan and an atheist because there's definitely some sort of omnipotent being that hates their guts. Like, like, dude, that is that is satanic black magic. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know why, why like consistently, their worst game of the series has been the last one. They almost got shut out against Columbus. They lost 5-1 to the Bruins in 2019 in a mm-hmm. series where they were consistently better than them. Um, and Montreal, uh, at very least, they had comebacks in game five and six that they blew. Game seven wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. So I'd love, I would love to give you an answer. All they need to do is this differently. I think the answer is right between the ears. I'm hungry. Tim's hungry. And when we're hungry, we use DoorDash. So you should too. Get out your phone, your tablet, your app, fire up the computer. I don't care how you want to use it. Use DoorDash. Use our promo code GlovesDD. If you're in Canada, if you're in the USA, use GlovesDDUS. Get 25% off free delivery. Get yourself some food, some drink, whatever you want. DoorDash will get it to you. They'll get it to you the, the quickest way possible. Gosh, I bet you they have DoorDash planes, DoorDash boats. They do everything and anything. They're the best company in the business for food delivery. So check them out. Use DoorDash. Use our promo code GlovesDDUS. If you're in the US of A, GlovesDD Canada. If you're just GlovesDD, if you're in Canada, that's all. Get yourself a deal. Get yourself some food. It's a fantastic company. Tim uses them on the daily. The guy loves it. He's a fat slob. So use them. DoorDash. Check it out. All right, one more for for Toronto. We'll move on to some other NHL stuff. I I get tired. It's all encompassing Toronto. They just mm-hmm. suck the energy in every hockey program. And we get our listeners like move on from Toronto. Oh, I, I didn't know so that much- sentence was going to continue. 
but there's so much to talk about with them all the all the time. There's so much drama. Marner pointing at the crowd. Keith and Matthews going back and forth. Matt Murray gets injured. It, it, it's so much stuff going on. I want to talk about the main issue this offseason. Everybody's already talked about it. You've talked about it. Goaltender. Mm-hmm. I have my own issues and ideas of what Toronto can do. I, I made a prediction that they're going to be junk the first month and a half of the season. They're going to go out and trade for Alex Nadalkovich, maybe find a, a suitable goaltender who is cheaper, who is better than the two guys they got. Are either of these two guys that they have right now, Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov, going to be there at the end of the season? Well, Matt Murray, I'm really worried about. Um, you know, <gasps> I, 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 I know. I'm, I'm letting. I'm, I'm willing to. Like, I'm willing to no. let last year slide. Um, it's less about the quality of his play and more about it really sucks to get hurt in the first game of the season. Like we saw that happen to Morazic last year. And I don't know if he has it or doesn't have it, but he never had a chance to have it here. He got hurt in his first game, missed a month, came back, got hurt in his second game. You're done. You're done. Um, so he's got to get it back. Ilya Simsonov, he's only 25. Leafs have three wins. He has all of them. He's only allowed two goals in each of them. Uh, I have a, a decent enough amount of faith in this guy. So I, I think he could be there at the end of the season. Will he be the answer by the end of the season? Can you win a Stanley Cup with him? Ugh, that's, a, that's a much different question because a, a lot of the suggestions I've heard for how to help the Leafs in net, they don't exactly scream Andre Vasilevsky to me, but then again, Darcy Kemper won uh, the cup last year as a starting goalie, and and people wouldn't put him in a in a superstar conversation, right? He's a good goalie, but you wouldn't put him in that conversation. You need somebody to save the puck that they're supposed to save. That's it, that's yeah. not Samsonov. Samsonov, you're saying he's a young goalie, hot star. He reminds me of an Eric Colgren. Wish you guys had a guy like that who was just young and <laughs> won his first couple games. That would be really fun. Samsonov's younger. He's, he's a younger. younger. Than- he is by one year. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Dubas has to go. He really botched this offseason in my eyes. Because they, they have a Stanley Cup team. That's the frustrating thing. And I, I look at this, and I, I picked them last year to go to the Cup, didn't I, Tim? I was like, I think they they're going to go to the Cup Finals. Yep. They didn't break my heart because it's funner to talk about them when they lose. But it's just it's stupid. <laughs> this is my hypothesis before we came on the air. I love Craig Anderson. I think he's fantastic. Um... I've loved him forever. I played against him for my whole nine-year career. I told Tim, I said, if he's on the Leafs for the last five, six years, they have at least one ring, maybe two. I think he's so good. Why not yeah. get this guy making like under a million, 41 years old, have something to prove? It would be such a great signings. Ugh, but they and he's he's got that playoff magic, too. Where oh, big time. Yeah. Every now and then he'll just be like, I'm stopping 50 shots tonight. And then <laughs> he does it like he's 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 got that magic to him. And there's another guy like you probably wouldn't have ever put in the superstar category of goalies. He, he had a, he had a few years where he, he was in that conversation maybe, but could just rattle them off and oh, a killer wouldn't allow a bad one. And he would give you a chance to win every game, which is the key to being a goaltender, letting in a soft one, Matt Murray, great goalie lets in beach balls all the time. There's nothing more frustrating as a player or a defenseman when a guy's shooting and you take the lane, you give him the shot, and all of a sudden he raises his hands, and you're like, "Come on, you save it!" Save oh, you did. Oh, I never even thought of that from the defenseman's perspective. Oh, you, the forward just fills it. You just 
it's the worst <laughs> feeling in the world because you you play the pass, everything's good, and he just throws it on net from the top of the circle, and he's just like celebrating in your face. Like, son of a... Happened with Marty Turco a lot. Marty was a great goalie. He let in so many bad goals, so many bad goals where it's like, Turks, what are we doing here? He's like, ah, man, sorry. I'm like, was I in your lane? Nah, I just missed it. I'm like, dash one, Turks, now I'm done for the game. Done for the uh, <laughs> killed me. Absolutely killed me. And there's right, there's Tim. a name I would have never picked. Turks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, we, like I never would have I never would have thought that about him. We were talking about goalies going to the Hall of Fame, and I'm like, Craig Anderson could have a Hall of Fame worthy career. He's played for 20 years. He's 41 years old. His numbers stack up against all the Hall of Fame goaltenders. Burdur, Waugh, Curtis Joseph, Eddie Belfort, all the recent ones. And no one talks about him. Because he's played on some, he's had some good playoff success with Ottawa. But other than that, nothing worthwhile. The difference is the cups and the personal awards. But yeah, like the save percentage, yeah, save percentage goals against is a very elite numbers for the over the course of his career. Well, and like I'm, you're now making me realize, I'm like, oh, he's not a superstar goalie. He just does all the things that superstar goalies do. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> that's not fair. That's he's not played fair almost. At all. He's played a ton of. He's a good goalie. He oh, yeah. really, I don't. Move anything else on Toronto, Tim? You want to touch on before we move on? No, I'm sure the listeners are sick of it. Me too. It's <laughs> so tiring. All right, Canucks, answer the question. We interviewed JT Miller this season, this summer. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're going to have a different season. It's going to be different. And then he signed his extension literally the week after. What's wrong, Steve, with Vancouver? Why do they? Why do they do the things they do? We <laughs> we had a bit of a conversation uh, about this on the podcast today, and like, listen, I don't know if you can get away with this, you know, on Hockey Night in Canada. You should maybe talk about X's and O's and things they're doing wrong. But I think the vibes are off, man. Um, last year, they went into this tailspin and they weren't able to get out of it. You bring in Boost Boudreaux, he the the vibes are immaculate. Everyone's having a good time, and I was laughing at like the stories coming out about Boudreaux with the Canucks because he, he meets Brock Besser and he's just like, you have a good shot. You should shoot. What, what did you mean? NHL coach. Like that's <laughs> oh yeah. Give me a million dollars right now. You have a good shot. You should shoot. That's great. But I, I think this is a team that gets really high and low on themselves. And uh, you know, you blow a lead in your first game. That's going to mess with your head. You do it in a second game. And now it's become this thing where not only have they not won a game, but they've blown a lead in all five of them and a multi-goal in the first four. I didn't realize how bad it was until I realized their record is 0-4-1. And And the year the Leafs finished second last uh, in 2010, when they didn't even have their own first because they gave it to Boston, uh, they started 0-7-1. Wow. The Canucks are only three games away from that. It's really three games isn't a, isn't a long time. It's not a long time in an 82 game season. Uh, well, so I, I mean, yes and no, I guess, but I, I don't know what they do to get it back on track in their f- defense. They're only $2 million over the cap. So they have that to work with. They have a lot of salary cap space. They're, they're going to be good. Oh, I'm kidding. They're in hot garbage when it comes to the salary cap situation. They're going to lose Bo Horvat. You were looking at me like I had four heads, Steve. You're like, where is this dummy going with this? Here's a question. Yes. I don't like Pedersen. I think he's no, a eh? selfish player. 
I think he is a terrible leader. Vancouver hitched their cart to him. I think it was a complete mistake. Before he signed his contract, he said, I'm not going to sign unless I know we're in a winner. He made all these comments. I'm like, this guy's not a leader. He's not going to have any success in the NHL. He's proving me right. Does he have any parallels with Willie Nylander? Is there is there a comparable there? Because Willie does have a touch of that. He's had, obviously, his contract issues with Toronto. Who would you take, Nylander or Elias Pettersson? I mean, I I actually really like Willie, but I I would I would take Pedersen. I mean, he would. Yeah, he's fifth overall. He's he's got the the high end talent. He's probably a better goal scorer. He's a full time center, um, which is something that uh, the Leafs I think wanted out of out of Willie, but it never really worked out uh, up the middle. And, and also the difference is like Willie has never uh, had the responsibility of Elias Patterson like that. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to carry that team's offense basically. Yeah. Like um, even though JT Miller just signed that big deal, he had the big season. We all know the future is Pedersen. So if anything, if the Canucks, if anything is going to go positively or negatively with Canucks, it's got to go through him. Uh, at least when it comes to their offense, Nylander doesn't have that responsibility. Uh, he's the fourth highest paid forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the fifth highest paid Leaf, I believe. So it's it's just not it's not the same responsibility. I agree. I'm taking Nylander. I don't know. I like Willie more. I just have a personal, much like calling people garbage, I don't like Pedersen. Tim loves him. Tim's hmm. a huge Vancouver guy. He loves Pedersen. He's got a man crush on both Hughes brothers. And I, I don't understand it. I think they're soft. And they'll never win. Ever. Right, Tim? Well, it's not looking good for him so far. Yeah. And like I think it's a good point. Like he he is supposed to be the guy and he's just not doing it. And well, that's not true. He's he's producing a lot. I think he leads the team in points. He's got more than a point per game to start the year. So you can't really point to him and say, Hey, we need you to do more. It's the no, it's the sucks. defense, it's the goaltending. I mean, I get he's probably not the guy that you want to – he's not going to say, hey, fellas, follow me and, and lead his team and will him across the finish line like some of the other leaders around the league. But he's a talented player, and he's doing his job right now. He's putting the, the puck in the net. The Jets have struggled with some really talented forwards in their leadership group who cannot play in their own end. And uh, I think the Canucks have a bit of that going on because J- uh, JT Miller can rack up the points, but, man, he's shocking. He's shocking in his own end, man. Like shocking in a good way. He's just no. so energetic. <laughs> no. He, uh, if he was, I tell you what, if he was, they, they'd win some games. But, uh, I mean, and he knows it too, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. At least he understands the problem. Like he was, I think, I want to say like dash eight or whatever through the first Yeah, he was on games. for the first eight goals against Vancouver to start the season or something. Yeah. So he identifies that very obvious problem, and then he's not able to do anything about it. That's a problem. Yeah, but he's identified the issue. Oh, good. Well, that's half the battle. Gee, well, here's uh, another question. Joe. Okay, you, you, I say they're soft. If a coach like John Tortorella goes to Vancouver, does that does that fix everything? Or does if a coach like Tortorella goes to Toronto, does that fix everything? Because Babcock, I don't really know what his hypotheses his coaching philosophy was I, I i don't i think he loved being on the front page more than anything he he was more yeah. me less than the team 
Keefe seems like a player-friendly coach where he's not pushing anybody. He's not getting any screaming matches like you saw McKinnon and their coach, whatever his name is, before they won the Cup. Bad but, 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 yeah, whatever. Would Torts make a difference in Toronto? There's, it's an interesting question because, like, he obviously rides the players really hard, but they yeah. love him and he doesn't cross a line. Um, they, I think, might need someone to 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 push those buttons. Vancouver, on the other hand, like, I just the Leafs have shown signs that it's there. Yeah. Whereas the Canucks, outside of the bubble, which was kind of this unique beast, where they got crazy goaltending i don't know if the evidence is there like what if they're just not that good i i think most people had them maybe making the playoffs like 50 50 chance you get it like i I don't think most people thought they were gonna lose their first five games i don't think they're a bad team but i do think they're kind of middle of the road and I think what they need more than anything probably is better personnel. Um, up front, I think they're okay. That back end is – that's a world of hurt. Yeah, it's a world of hurt back And they're there, paying them a lot of money. A lot yeah. of money. Speaking of torts, what do you think of the Flyers? Is it going to last? So I don't, I don't think it's going to last, but I absolutely love – uh, the Flyers start because I've done nothing but rip them for two years. Uh, Chuck Fletcher as a GM, I think is brutal. Um, I don't know if you ever, oh, you might've had him in he Minnesota, signed me. right? He, he was- oh no. Well, that's how I know he's bad. <laughs> no, he, I, what happened was I signed and then Doug Reisbauer left. So I was Doug Reisbauer's last signing with Minnesota before he got fired. And then Chuck Fletcher <laughs> came in and basically said you're gone at the end of the season. So I know Chuck a little bit. That's hilarious. That's oh yeah. So you must love him. So why but, don't you like him? What's what? What has he done to you? It's well okay. So I I didn't like that he was the guy in charge of Minnesota when they signed Suter and Parise. Parise. They signed those big deals. So at the time I was trying to establish my career, and then the lockout happened, and. You know, so it made me grumpy that I was still living with my parents and had no prospects of moving out because I couldn't get a job because there wasn't any hockey. Um, And it was probably unfair to Chuck, but those two contracts, 196 million total, I believe. Yeah, it was. um, Yeah, like those to me, as someone who was really screwed by that lockout, I'm, I'm, you know, not even the most screwed person on this call right now but um it it was a monument uh to to why we got here you know what i mean like to it was just it was gms being idiots like Mm. i I never looked at it as players being greedy or they're paid too much it's no it's gms not being able to freaking help themselves and uh then they go out and they they sign 196 million dollars for two guys and they're like oh and we don't have any money like how how do you sleep at night anyway sorry so that was 10 years ago and you still um, hold that grudge i still hold that grudge but like all he was in minnesota and all he's been so far in philadelphia is a guy who knows how to convince ownership to spend money on the worst things possible and like he always spend to the cap never be anything above mediocre 
and the Flyers haven't had anything go their way for like a long time. Um, but when they signed John Tortorella, there was something about that where I was like, every now and then there's a match made in heaven. And that dude is Philadelphia. I know he's from Boston, but that is there any coach in the world that matches that city's vibe more than John Tortorella? They're going to play his style. They're going to play honest. They're going to play hard. And they're probably going to beat the shit out of you. Oh, sorry. They're no, probably going to beat. They're probably going to beat you up, um, and make it not a very good time for you to play in Philadelphia, which is the bare minimum that they need. I, I, well, love, I love. Yeah, and, and then Philly. they dress McEwen and Delorier on their fourth line. It, it's. I love it too. I played for Torts in New York, and I remember they have Glenn Sather as our GM when I came in. And this will show you how much Torts really cares about his GM. I come in, I get traded at the deadline. I show up, I have a meeting with Slats. He's like, we got to have the biggest guy in the league on our team. We, we want him. That's you. So that's why we brought you in. My fantastic deadline pickup. You guys are in first place in the East. This is good. Go to meet Torch. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? I'm like, uh, you didn't know I was getting traded to you? He's like, I had no idea. Uh, I guess go get some gear. Torch says <laughs> no. He doesn't care about anything hockey related, like other than the stuff that's going on in the ice. He could care less about Chuck Fletcher unless it affects his team on the ice and he'll go and have a word with them and he'll cuss them out and he'll say, I'm going to play my damn players. He was benching Gabrick. He was benching all the high-end guys. He didn't give two craps about anything. Paychecks up. He's a good fit there. I like it a lot. Torch is going to do well. But will they keep? Will they be in play at the end of the season? I just have a hard time believing they're going to be able to stick it out in the Metro. It's, it's such yeah. a good division and they're just, they're just not good. They're just not good, man. Like they, they have some good players, um, some guys who they could trade off. They have some guys they could build around, but I'm sorry. I don't look at that. I don't look at the flyers as anything. I, th- I think best case scenario, they're the second worst team in the Metro. Really? Yeah, okay. man. They're, they're not good. I know they're not good. All right. Well, let's, let's conversely, they had a hot start teams who have had cold starts who Mm -hmm. has a more apt way to be successful, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, who's going to come out of this funk because Tampa struggled. Minnesota has struggled mightily. Flurry has been terrible. Said of himself, who's going to battle back and be, be there at the end of the year. Uh, I think Tampa is a pretty good bet. Have you guys ever heard of them? Yeah. They were good last year. Well, and also the Lightning are sick and twisted. That entire roster is sick and twisted. They look at adversity uh, as their favorite thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not something they have to overcome. They love it. Um, you know, star player gets injured. Sweet. That more ice time for me. Let's let's try to th- let's let's hang an eight spot on these guys. They, they, they just figure it out. And it, I don't think it would shock anybody if the Lightning lost their first 20 games on purpose just to see if they could do it. And they probably could. Here's a question. If, if you're Dubas, if you could trade Matthews, you have to trade Matthews. I, I have to. I'm being, I'm being blackmailed to. and I have to. Gun okay. to your head. You okay. kill, your, kill your family. Wow. Okay. You, who are you trading him? Any team in the league, who are you trading him to? And who, who are you trading for? One player. One player? Yeah. Not McDavid. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, I'd like him. No, anybody but him. He's the obvious answer. Anybody but McDavid. Oh. Um 
it's got to be Colorado. And it's either McKinnon to replace the number one center you're forcing me to trade or uh, Kale McCarr. Kale uh-huh. McCarr is probably the much better answer because he is a mutant in this league. No one, no one is as good at uh, his position as him. I know Jake Gardner. I feel like Kale McCarr modeled his game after Jake Gardner a little bit. I'm a big Jake yeah? Gardner fan. I like. I bet you were. You played against him all those years. Is he? Is there any chatter of him getting the the jersey raised in Toronto? Yeah, uh, he's going to be uh, right after uh, Dion Phaneuf and Ryan O'Byrne. They're they're going to get it as a uh, as a, as a as a pair. They're going to get it as Number a pair. Three. And uh, and um, the the uh, there there was a there was a like a beer league hockey thing amongst guys on like Leafs Twitter a few years ago that they called the Costco Cup. And I, I, I think they should raise the Mike Koska uh, banner before anybody else. <laughs> That's funny. All right, one more for me than Tim is a couple. Does Jack Campbell sucking so early just make you feel good? So, no, because Jack Campbell is a golden retriever of a man. He is a wonderful human being, and I cheer for him. However... Oilers fans were awful mouthy, <laughs> awful mouthy, and I don't want to see him suffer. But the 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 silver lining is uh, they have to uh, listen. There's there's a few things you should get in Alberta. You should you should get the steak. And you should also get the humble pie. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, last question. Yeah, open ended, but like about two weeks into the season, what are some of the biggest surprises so far? Maybe some of the major storylines that have really caught your eye that you're excited or keeping an eye on. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, really like uh, all the young guys uh, in this league. I'm excited for Seattle to be relevant because e- even though, like, listen, they were bad last year. Lots of teams are bad. Um, but they, the biggest crime they committed is, is they weren't even interesting. So this year, you know, Maddie Beneers, will Shane Wright stay or go? That's exciting. I am completely, uh, captivated by what's going on in Montreal right now. Like you talk about a team riding vibes alone. Um, listen, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Uri Slavkovsky, all these reasons to be excited about the future. And somehow the guy in Montreal generating the most headlines is Arbor Jackeye, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, I, what his rise in Montreal reminds me of is, and John, you, you, you might remember this. Um, do you remember when Milan Lucic first hit the league? I knew you were going to say him. Yes, I do. Because he wasn't even that like highly touted. Like I think he was a second round pick and oh, he's got this flaw in his game, that flaw in his game, but he came in and dared anybody to challenge him and he whooped everybody who stepped to him. And then he scored 30 goals to boot. Um, So, I mean, Jack is obviously on defense, so it's a, it's a little different, but Slavkovsky screaming those words that I can't say, straight at Josh Brown after scoring his first NHL goal. You can't tell me that team's not riding so incredibly high right now. And it's, and it's because of Arbor Jack. I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Not when the Leafs play them, but except when the Leafs play them. All right. Anything else, Tim? 
No, no, this is fun. All right, one more, a couple more for me. Who's getting Connor Bedard? You like or dislike the Coyotes? Oh, hate them. You hate them? Okay. Well, hate's so a not- strong word. I, I, I despise them. Okay. <laughs> so not so not them. Um, you know what? He oh oh. Whoa. Here's the flavor. Here's okay. the flavor. Okay. Leaf Nation rides into the playoffs this year. Hopefully they make the playoffs. And it's actually surprisingly calm. Everyone's cool. We're going to win or we're going to lose. Surprisingly calm. Then the draft lottery happens. Montreal wins. And all of a sudden, the Leafs window is one year. You have this year. And if you don't win this year, you're screwed. Because if the Habs get Bedard, the the Leafs should be uh, asking Gary if they can move back to the West. Uh, like it was in the nineties, because that's I, interesting. That, that, that would be brutal. Because that's another question to you. You're obviously, you know, is it hard for you to sit back and go, okay, our window, our window, our window, and you see it getting cold. It's like smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, Detroit, mm-hmm. Buffalo, Ottawa, mm-hmm. all these teams. You can just see them nipping at your heels, and they're competitive, and they're looking. Buffalo looks really good this year. Is it tough when you see these teams getting better and better and better and you guys go get Samson off, Matt Murray, and the team's getting worse and worse and worse? Is it tough to to know that your window maybe never happened? (laughs) Right, yeah. It's not closing. It it never happened. It was always four four walls. Um, I think the Atlantic has been really competitive for a long time, and Tampa did okay. Boston did okay. Pittsburgh's done okay in a really competitive uh, metro. You know, it's you know better than anyone in this call. It's a good league, mm-hmm. you know. So I do watch Buffalo beat up a team like the Flames and go, uh oh. Yeah. But right. at the end of the day, you got to beat good teams uh, to to win. So, oh well, the other team got a good player. Try to figure out how to beat them. That's true. All right. Speaking of good players, last one. I just love getting. You're fun to talk to. I took a lot of heat for just insinuating Patrick Kane might go to Calgary. Where does Patty Kane go? He's going to get traded. Chicago is a is a train wreck driving straight into a dumpster fire. Where does he go? That's a oh man, it's a really good one. There are Rangers. certain teams. Ooh, I think okay. So I'll pick an East one and a West one. I uh, the Rangers like the Flash. Um and holy cow, can you imagine him with that offense? That'd be pretty. That fun. offense is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I I think it could be a mistake for the Rangers because if I'm the Blackhawks, I'm going to be asking for at least a few of their young pieces, and yeah. I think their young pieces are what's going to make them impossible to beat for years to come. Um, the other one is Colorado. Um, mm. I mean, you really got to go for it uh, for the for the back to back. Uh, you head into like kind of a different contract territory when Nathan McKinnon becomes the highest paid player in the league uh, next year. So East New York, I like that. That's fun. That's sexy. And uh, for the West, I'll go Colorado. Wow. Real groundbreaking stuff, Steve. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Philly (laughs) and Seattle. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That'd be great. I'm teasing. Uh, Well, he's going to go to a cup contender. We, we talked about this last week. There's really only six teams that can win the cup this year. 
Edmonton. And five Toronto, of them are Toronto. Toronto's <laughs> not what the, no, I Toronto. Know. I know. They need a goaltender. And now Muzzin's done for the year, apparently. Mitch Marner, Dr. Marner said he's done for the year. So they need some help on the back end. They need a guy who can keep up with their forwards. That's their main. I find that to be an issue too. The first few games, it, it looks like the forwards go one, two, three. Then the defense get there. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta have, you know, five man unit. That that's how you generate offense in today's game. That's why Colorado is so successful. That's why Tampa is so successful. You you move as a five man unit. It's not three, then four. It's not three and then two. Giordano's not jumping in the rush anymore. Morgan Riley. How sometimes. dare you? How dare you? Gio's older than I am. He's old. Is he? Gotta be. He's 38. Is he 40 yet? He's the oldest skater in the NHL. Craig Anderson is older, but he's a he's a goalie. I don't know Obviously. if you know this. I made um the all-star game in 2016. I've never heard of it. It was it was kind of small. The NHL All Star Game doesn't get a lot of hype. Gio was on my team. Oh yeah. Oh no, you're older than Gio. How old is he? Was he 83, 84? Uh, so you're in 82. You yeah. can't you can't just look me up on Hockey DB. No. Uh, and uh, Giordano. Oh no, he's 39. Uh, he's in 83. Okay, so he's getting up there. Okay. Nah, he's he's amazing. Norris he, Norris repeat. Here we go. He's very good. He's been a great signing, but they got to get something else. You, you need something else on the back end. Well, I don't want to get on the Toronto. It would definitely be helpful. Whipping yeah, hey, again. let the record show. You're the one who keeps bringing up the Leafs. They're so interesting. <laughs> it's them and Edmonton. Right? Uh, uh, I love talking about the Oilers, too. Yeah, they're, they're real interesting. And I was born in Edmonton, and I trash-talked them more than anything. Oh, they drive me nuts. Drive me absolutely. It's- Peter Shirelli. Ken Holland, can we get a new GM, like a new prototype? It drives me crazy. Pick someone so, different. So I, first of all, I agree. There's 32 jobs and 40 guys that just rotate it. Yeah. Um, but y- you were a Bruins guy growing up. What What are you now that you're retired? Uh, you know, nothing. That's the sad thing about A, doing a hockey podcast and B, playing in the league and having it just, I'm jaded now where I just don't like <laughs> the Anyone? business of hockey, really. And I don't have <laughs> GMs. So I have personal – like, I want Joe Pavelski to win the Cup. I would love Pavs to win okay. it in Dallas. So I, I, I'm rooting for certain guys, but – and then I don't like other guys. So some teams will make the – like, I wanted – I'm a friend with Ryan McDonough. I'm like, go Tampa Bay. I love Mac. So – Okay. I don't know. But one team, I really – San Jose, I, I really – the exactly. currently worst team in the league? Okay. I know. Or no, second worst now. Vancouver is worse than them. That's no right. Points, I guess. Vancouver's played one less game. And they have two They've points. They've got two overtime losses, yeah. Oh, never mind. Oh, you were wrong, Steve. <laughs> I fact-checked you. <gasps> oh, no. Or Pinocchio noses. You were wrong. But I said it into a microphone. That's it must true. be true. It must be true. All right. Anything else, Tim? Uh no no thanks for coming on we'll have to do it I'm again. Sure you got fun. a lot to lot to do tonight, Steve. Is there a Leafs game tonight? Tomorrow? Uh, no Leaf game tonight, but I get to go play hockey really badly at ten. So. Oh, so if anybody's listening, go to the Iroquois Hockey Facility Center and check out Steve tomato, tomato. Just throw, throw tomato. tomatoes at me. There's um, do okay. 
So I had your hockey DB thing up, and I just want to bring this up because I have to before I let you go. You had five career goals. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the one you scored in Toronto? Oh, yeah. Steve Bernier. Do you remember – I assume you've seen the f- the photo of you celebrating, and it's right in front of a Leaf fan who's on the glass looking really sad. I, I, I remember me celebrating. I don't remember the fan's face. Okay. I got to find the photo for you because – I remember you scored and I was really upset because I was cheering for the Leafs. And then I was watching on TV and I'm like, that's my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Hey, uh, you were just on TV. You looked really sad. And he was just like, Oh, great. That was a great, I I picked Joffrey loophole's pocket pockets to the neutral zone. I don't know what Bernier's doing. Matt Ellis just flips it in. He blockers it out. I'm in perfect position as usual. Top shelf. Top shelf. Oh, you mean but Jonathan Bernier? What did I call him? Steve Bernier. Who's Steve Bernier? Uh, he played for like the, the Devils. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Forward. I'm usually really good with names too. That's very strange. No, but Jonathan, but that makes a lot more sense. Okay, so really you got you got four NHL goals because Bernier is good now, but holy smokes, he was something else when he was with the Leaf. If and one of them's had, open net if, too. If you had, oh Bernier, god, yeah. If you had Bernier the last five years, you'd have four cups. I said it. <laughs> Whoa. You know what? Last I had something about the water here made him bad. I don't know. Because uh, uh, he's gone everywhere else and been perfectly fine. That's a whole other show where we talk. I talk about this a lot, how people don't want to play in Canada. Because it's just atrocious. The fans, the media, the environment, the personal life. Everything about playing in Canada sucks. And I, it's just... As a player, I, I've talked to guys numerous times where it's like, no one wants to go there. That's why you have yeah. to overpay unless you go home and then you're John Tavares and you're a special situation. But it's people like you, Steve, who ruin it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I ruined it all. It's my my fault. It's my fault. Your fault. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. I re- this was great. You're a pro. Thanks. Good good pro. Thanks. Good pro. All right. Well, listen, have yeah, fun skating. Appreciate you having me. No, we loved it. Tim, anything else for the third time? No. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. Good luck tonight. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch you next week. Cheers. Oh, Tim, I was on fire. My bet US came through last Wednesday or this Wednesday. I won. Unbeknownst to me and unbeknownst to you, I changed my bet at the last minute. The line changed. It went from six and a half to six for the over-under. I chose the over. I nailed all three games. I parlayed them. I want a huge return. I am up for the season on BetUS. Our contest is looking very good in my favorite, Tim. It's time for you to have some little redemption. What are we doing tonight? Friday, October 21st. Tim's going to start his comeback special. What are we doing, Tim, on BetUS? Yeah, what I'm learning is that with the the parlays are killers because they'll get like three out of four, then you lose the whole thing and, and going for those big wins. So individual bets this time to kind of get back in the in the in the green here. So three games tonight, not a ton. Back I am, in the green? Yeah. Back in the black, I thought. 
I don't know. Green is positive, <laughs> red is negative uh, in my spreadsheets. And so, yeah, so individual bets, I'm not parlaying. I got 10 bucks on Tampa. They are evenly fared, I think, with, with uh, Florida. It's in Florida, but not like it's a long commute or anything. And I think Tampa's overdue. Only one win for the season. That's not going to last very long. Second one, Chicago Blackhawks picking the underdogs. They're playing Detroit. Um, again, another one just overdue, just a gut pick here. And then the Avalanche is playing Seattle, and that sounds like a gimme. Put a little more money in that one. And so those are my three picks for the night. And just straight up. All straight up, yep. I did the same thing. I, I, I on the other hand, love my parlays. I almost nailed the first week, the first parlay bet, but the Leafs just sewered me. I would have won big money on that one, like 1500 bucks. I won my parlay on Wednesday, got me back in the black. Nailed all three of the overs, but I'm not going to go parlay. It's stressful. It's very stressful when everything has to hit all the time. I'm a nervous wreck. So I just went straight up games, and I, I picked the favorite in every game. I know the, the Lightning and the Panthers are an even bet, but the Panthers are the better team. They're 3-1. and one. They're playing better. They're at home. The Lightning have been struggling. I took the Panthers straight up. I took the Red Wings over the Blackhawks. I don't know how you pick the Hawks. The Red Wings are looking great. Elmer Solderbloom, modern-day John Scott. And then, of course, the Avalanche and the Kraken. Kraken are showing signs. The Avalanche are the Avalanche. Defending Stanley Cup champions. I took the Avalanche. And then for a little fun, just a side bet, a prop bet, I took the over on total goals scored tonight. The number was 20. I think it'll be over. Do the average. That's what? Each game has to get seven goals. Totally doable. I took the over. I'm going to cash in again. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be in a good mood on Monday. So check it out, everybody. Go to BetUS. Have some fun like Tim and I are having. And I hope everybody has a good weekend. We will check you later. That was stupid, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Cheers. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. 